Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. In Parshish Sav, we read that HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded Moshe to take Aaron and his children and the Big Day Kahuna and various korbanos and to bring them to the newly constructed Mishkan and to bring those specified korbanos and thereby to inaugurate Aaron as the Kohen Gadol and his children as the regular Kohanim. And let's begin and read a little bit of these instructions. Kach es Aaron v'yes banov, take Aaron and his children, itoi with him, v'yes abagadim, and the, the clothes, v'yes shemen ha and the anointing oil, v'yes parachatos, and the bull, which will be brought as a korban chatos, v'yes shnei ha'elim, and the two rams, v'yes sal ha-matzois, and the basket of matzois, and here is the Pasik that we will focus on, v'yes kol ha'eda ha'kel el pesach oil ma'ed. And the entire Ada, the entire Jewish nation, Moshe, you will assemble them, El Pesach Oil Mayed, by the doorway, by the entranceway to the Oil Mayed, to the Mishkan. And Rashi says about this, Hakel El Pesach Oil Mayed. Now, this would be uh, 600,000 uh, adult males, and I am assuming that it includes also the females, the elders, the children. Even if not, we'll see that this is quite remarkable that all of these people could fit in that little space which was Pesach Oil Mayed by the doorway of the Oil Mayed. As we see in Parshas uh, Truma, the area that was directly in front of the Oil Mayed was 50 Amis by 50 Amis. That is no more than 100 feet by 100 feet. And here we're talking about 600,000 or perhaps several million people uh, assembling at that spot. So Rashi says, This is one of the places where a small place was able to contain a very great multitude of people. Before we continue, I cannot resist uh, telling a little story. Uh, once upon a time, many years ago, when I was a yeshiva bacher, perhaps I shouldn't mention which yeshiva, but in the dormitory where I lived, we had a problem. There were some mice. And I was advised by someone that I should go to a houseware store and I said, bu- should buy some mousetraps. And so I went to a long... A, 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 I went to a houseware store which has long ceased to be in business, and there was, I remember, a young Hasidish man who was running the store. I remember he had a flaming red beard. And I asked him for mouse traps, and he showed me one kind of glue trap. And then he showed me a larger one. He said, this trap is better, because this trap you can catch two or three mice on one trap. And he said to me in his Hasidish accent, Das is mir tamachzikas emeriba. This is a small thing that can contain a multitude of mice. Returning from the ridiculous to the sublime, this miracle that Rashi describes 
that 600,000 or more people were able to fit into such a small place is a very difficult idea to wrap our minds around. Now, physically, how it happened is not my concern. I have absolutely no idea uh, how exactly which laws of nature were bent or broken in order for Hashem to accomplish this. But more important than my lack of understanding is that the main question that we always need to ask about any miracle is not how were the laws of nature bent or broken, but rather what lessons does the miracle teach us? Rabbi Yeruchim Levavitz, the great mashkiach of the Mir Yeshiva, explains in his, his commentary on the Pasuk Zakei Vehu in Shemois Tes Vav Beis, that the most important part of a nace is not that Hashem did something wondrous which saved someone or saved the entire Jewish nation. If that were the case, explains Rabbi Yerucham, so then after the salvation, so then Azal Nigmer Vichasal, it would all be over and there would really be no more, no, no more point to the miracle. If, for example, if the whole purpose of Kriyas Yamsuf, of the splitting of the Red Sea, was merely to facilitate the Bnei Yisrael reaching the other side, so when it's over, it's over. Of course, we would thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for this, but there would really not be such a need to study it and restudy it and to consider all different aspects. And more than that, explains Rabbi Yerucham, we find that Chazal say, and Rashi quotes this, that a shifcha al-hayam, a maidservant who happened to be standing at the Kriyas Yamsuf, saw more revelation of Hashem than Yecheskel ben Buzi, more than the Navi Yecheskel. The Navi Yecheskel records in his Sefer that he saw a fantastic vision of Hashem's inner chambers, of Hashem's glorious throne. And yet Chazal tell us that a shifcha al-hayam a maidservant who experienced Kriyas Yamsuf saw an even greater revelation of Hashem. Now from this we see that the point of Anais is not merely that the laws of nature were overturned. What's that got to do with revealing Hashem? Explains Rabbi Yerucham, the Iker, the main point of Anais, is his Galish Shmoyizborech, there is a hisgalos, there is a revelation of Hashem's name and of Hashem's nature through this nace. And that hisgalos, that revelation, is something that remains forever. It was something that perhaps was hidden from most people before the nace was performed. But once the nace took place, that hisgalos remains for anyone who, who takes the time to study the miracle, that person can also glimpse that revelation of Hashem's nature. And I think we can add that when we talk about the Shem Hashem and Hashem's nature, that also includes the nature of Klal Yisrael, because we know Am Yisrael, Kuchibrichu v'Yisrael Chadhu, the famous Zohar tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael are inextricably bound, and they are considered as one. And it also includes mitzvahs and Torah, that sometimes an ace reveals to us certain aspects about the Torah or about a particular mitzvah. And here also, because just as the nace 
is Megala, just as it reveals certain aspects of Hashem's nature, so part of that is Hashem's Torah and Mitzvahs, because, as that same Zoya says, Kuchabrichu v'yaraisa chadhu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Torah, are one. But again, the main point of Anais is that it reveals to us something, and it teaches us something. And so the question we need to ask about this miracle of the entire Kla Yisrael being able to fit into such a small space at the doorway of the Mishkan, the, the question that we really need to ask is not so much how in the physical world was that accomplished, but the question is, what exactly is that teaching us about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or perhaps about Kla Yisrael, or perhaps about the Mishkan? As I have explained before, one of the best ways to unlock the meaning of a difficult statement by Rashi is to look in the Chumash for other psukim which speak about a related topic and to examine the psukim and to examine the Rashi on those psukim and usually one can find insights which will help to illuminate the original difficult Rashi statement. In this case, let us take a look in Parshas Pekudei. Parshas Pekudei begins with Moshe Rabbeinu making an accounting, an accounting of all the materials that were donated to the Mishkan and of how they were all used for their intended purpose. As such, Moshe Rabbeinu, it seems, was the first Jewish accountant. Anyway, it says in Paperik Lamed Hay, Pasik Chav Hay, the Chesef Pekudei Ha'edav, the silver of the countings of the congregation, which Rashi in other places explains, and really it's, we'll see it in the, in the following psukim. This was the silver which was collected when Moshe Rabbeinu counted the Kla Yisrael prior to the building of the Mishkan. So the Kesef Pekudei Ha'eda Ma'as Kikar was 100 Kikar. A Kikar is a certain measurement of silver, so it was a hundred kikar, the elef ushvame oisva chamisha, the shivim shekel, the shekel and plus one thousand seven hundred and seventy five shekel using the holy shekel measurement, which was double the uh, value of a regular shekel. And the passage continues, Beka lagul goilis, it was a half piece of silver which was given by every person. Machsis shekel that's what we call, what the Torah calls, Machsis shekel a half shekel, B'Shekel HaKodesh, using the holy shekel measure, L'Chol Ho'ever Al HaPekudim, for every person who passed by and was counted in the census that was taken, Miben Esrim Shanov anyone from 20 years older, old and older, L'Sheish Melet Meis Elef U'Shloishis Alafim V'Chamesh Meis V'Chamishim, and the number of people that were counted in this way was 603,550. And Rashi explains the mathematics, how a chatzi shekel from that number of people will add up to be ma'as kikar, 100 kikar of kesef. The passage continues, Vayihi ma'as kikar ha-kesef, and this 100 kikar of silver was used, Lotsekes as Adnei HaKodesh. It was used to pour the holy sockets. These were silver sockets, uh, sort of like, uh, they look something like um, cement blocks, 
made out of silver. The ace adneha paroiches, they were also used to make the adonim, the sockets which held up the paroiches, the curtain that that uh, divided between the holiest part of the Mishkan and the somewhat less holy parts. Ma'as adonim le ma'as hakikar. There were 100 adonim. 100 of these sockets were made out of these 100 kikar of silver. Kikar le odon. A kikar was used to make each odon. To make each of the adonim. Now, so we see here that the, this silver, which was collected when each Jew who was counted in the census, census gave a half a shekel, this silver was melted down, and what was done with it? It was used to make the foundation of the Mishkan. The, the Adonim is what held, are what held up the Krashim, they held up the planks which formed the walls of the Mishkan, so the Adonim are, in effect, the foundation of the whole Mishkan. They were made out of the silver that was collected from each Jew, an equal donation of a half shekel for each person. Now, if we were able to be present at the building of the Mishkan, and we were to go and we were to be there just after Moshe Rabbeinu had collected all of these half shekels, and we would see this huge pile of chatzish shkolim. Now, we would look at it, and of course you would see hundreds and thousands of coins, but in fact, you could point at a certain coin, and you could say, you see that coin? That coin is Chaim ben Yankel. That came from a certain Jew with a certain name. And that coin over there, that came from a different Jew who has a particular name. It is an embodiment of all those different Jewish people. And what was done with all those coins, which represent each and every Jewish person and each and every Jewish family, they were made into the foundation of the Mishkan. What we see here is that the Mishkan, the Kedusha of the Mishkan, was a physical manifestation of the Kedusha of the Jewish nation. When we usually think about the Mishkan, we usually think about this very uh, interesting, very uh, very uh, complex structure with different kalim, and it was all commanded very specifically by Hashem how it should be made. And we think of it that Hashem imbued this Mishkan with a great Kedusha, and that the, we were privileged to, to visit there. And of course, we would be greatly impressed by the Kedusha that Hashem imbued in it. We would, be, we would have a great hispilus, a great excitement from being in the presence of such holiness. That's all true. But what we see here from these psukim, with a little bit of help from Rashi, is that there's another aspect to the Mishkan. The Mishkan was an embodiment of the Kedusha of the Jewish nation. A further proof to this idea can be found in the Midrash Rabbah, uh, Parshas Vayakel, uh, Perik Memtes Ois Beis. Here the Midrash discusses the Psukim about the donations, about the various items that were donated to the Mishkan in order to build the Mishkan, and it identifies each item as being not a physical item, but as being Klal Yisrael. Let's read a little bit of Medrash. It says, Re'e Maksiv, look at what's written. V'zoi satruma asher tikhumi itam. 
This is the truma, this is the donation that you, mish, that you will take from the Jews in order to build the Mishkan. Says the Medrash, Zoiknesis Yisrael. This refers to the Jewish nation. Shehi truma, which itself is referred to by the word truma. Shenemar, as it says in the Pasuk in Yirmiya, Kodesh Yisrael Lashem, the Jewish nation is Kodesh Lashem, it is holy to Hashem, Reishis Tavuasoi, it is the first of his Tavua, the first of his grain. And the Pasuk continues, Zohav Vachesef, you will take from them gold and silver, says the Medrash, Zoiknesis Yisrael, this refers to the Jewish nation. We are the gold and silver. Shenemar, Kanfe Yoyna, Nechba Vachesef. Klal Yisrael is compared in Sefer Tehillim to the wings of a dove that are covered with silver. And the Medrash continues, Techelis, you will take for the building of the Mishkan, Techelis, a wool colored with a particular color. Zoiknesis Yisrael. This refers to the Jewish nation. Shenemar, as it says in the Pasuk, They will place on their tzitzis a thread made out of tzitzis. And they will also take certain types of colored fabrics called argomon and talashani, says the Medrash. This refers to Knesset Yisrael. They will give themselves to the, to the Mishkan. Shenemar, do not fear Teilas Yaakov, like the word Teilas Shani, etc. So we see that the Medrash is saying in its own uh, remarkable way that what Klal Yisrael contributed to the Mishkan was not only certain physical items, but they contributed certain aspects of themselves. And from their Kedusha, was formed the Kedusha of the Mishkan, as we explained before. Based on all of this, perhaps we can go back to our original Rashi and understand a little bit. The original question was that Rashi tells us that that when Klal Yisrael came to witness the inauguration of the Mishkan and the inauguration of Aaron and his children as Kohanim, the entire Jewish nation was able to fit in the very small space near the entrance to the Mishkan. And the question was, as the question should be about any miracle, what is this teaching us? What is this revealing to us? Perhaps based on everything we've learned, we can say that this miracle reveals to us a very interesting and important aspect of the Mishkan, that, namely, that there had to be a space for all of Bnei Yisrael in the Chatzar HaMishkan, in the courtyard of the Mishkan. It had to be that way, because the Kedusha of the Mishkan flows from the Kedusha of Kla Yisrael. Since the Mishkan is a, is a manifestation, a physical manifestation of the Kedusha of Kla Yisrael, they create the Mishkan, they not only created physically, but they created the Kedusha of the Mishkan. So it only makes sense that the Mishkan would have to have a place for every Jew. 
physically there had to be somehow a place where every Jew could fit within the Mishkan or at its entranceway. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's his job, how to accomplish that physically. But our job is to appreciate what this nace reveals, and that is, it reveals to us the great Kedusha of Klal Yisrael, the great Kedusha that each and every one of us possesses and that we simply must bring out and we must polish it and bring it into into view, bring it out from the hiding place. But every single one of us has a great potential Kedusha. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash